0: People have been doing yoga for thousands of years, almost as long as they've been smoking cannabis. Both help you relax, and we now know that relaxation doesn't just feel good, it's good for your health and longevity. And when you combine yoga and cannabis, it's almost as good as combining peanut butter and chocolate, says Dee Dussault. And she wrote Ganja Yoga, the authoritative book on the subject. She's our guest today as we take a deep dive into the amazing benefits of doing cannabis and yoga together. Also, if you want to try Ganja Yoga, Dee has extended a special offer for CannaBoom listeners. You get a free three-month subscription to ganjayoga.online. That's a $90 value with coupon code CANNABOOM. That's three months of free online yoga classes from Dee herself. Offer is good through the end of 2021 at www.ganjayoga.online. Super generous, and I've already signed up myself. If you like this podcast, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or your favorite podcast player, and please leave a review so other people can find the show. And if you like this episode, please share it with friends so we can help grow this movement. Thanks to our producer, Danny in Milwaukee. and here's my interview with Dee DeSoe. Cannabis is booming, and Cannaboom is on it. Welcome to the Cannaboom Podcast, where we interview experts on the changing story of humans, health, and hemp. From San Diego, here's your host, Tom Stacey. Hey, it's Tom. Welcome back to the Can Boom Podcast. You know, we're concerned with wellness and all things related to cannabis, so I'm really pleased to have the author of Ganja Yoga, Dee so on the show. Hey, Dee, how are you? Hey, I'm good. It's a timely topic, I think, as we come towards emerging out of the pandemic and the way that so much, uh, I guess, dysfunction was normalized over the last year and the stress that people live under. It seems like the perfect time to come back to yoga, and as you articulated so well in your book, the way it synergizes with cannabis.
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, I I know at the beginning of the pandemic, um, dispensaries and cannabis deliveries were, you know, considered an essential service, you know, because so many people rely on them for pain relief, anxiety relief, you know, so more people turning to cannabis now, I think, during this time of the coronavirus than before. And similarly with yoga, you know, people really realizing how important it is to connect to ourselves, to take that time every day for self-care, whether it's with a spiritual lens or a more pragmatic, you know, kind of just wanting to relax lens yoga really can provide all type of techniques and and paths for for really all dispositions and personalities, which is really cool.
0: Again, in the last year, I mean, some of us were like, we didn't know if we talked to someone at the supermarket, it it might eventually kill us.
1: Definitely. It's like, um, that's just like a little stressful, isn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then, you know, we fall back on our our standard stress fighters of alcohol and, you know, caffeine and and Netflix, which might scare the hell out of you. So there's a lot of Again, dysfunction, and what you outline is a way to kind of listen to your body and, and get back to the the rhythms of real life.
1: Definitely, yeah, for sure. And it's it for a beginner, it can sound like a you know a big journey or a big bite, but really, you know, it's it could be as simple as starting with you know three deep breaths for someone who doesn't have a yoga practice, a breathing practice, just to notice when we're lo- losing our center, losing our chill, and to step away from a stressor, step, step away from an email, you know, that's bugging us, and even take three to ten breaths, like. You know, we can begin to use yoga postures and meditations and some of the other practices too, but we can start really in our office or if we're working from home, but we can start in our day-to-day, our moment-to-moment with, you know, mini yoga practices.
0: At the beginning, I want to note that you've been at this for a while and you were doing it for several years before you were approached by Harper to write a book.
1: Correct, yeah. So I've been been, uh, teaching cannabis-enhanced yoga for 12 years, which is pretty long. And, you know, back in 2009 when I started it, you know, we were just starting to scientifically, you know, know more about how it could help with glaucoma or, you know, uh, cancer treatment. We didn't really know how medicinal and, 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 you know, how powerful this plant really is. Uh, You know, I mean, I didn't, I should say, but science was, I think, pretty, just starting to get into that. And so we've really come a long way. Now I don't have to convince people really of, cannabis medical properties. It's a lot less sort of convincing people. I, I feel like people, it just sort of makes sense. Like, Oh, weed helps me relax. Yoga helps me relax. I'm sure if I did the two together, I'd be even more
0: relaxed. So you have noticed relaxing of, of the stigma.
1: Definitely. Yeah, for sure. When I moved to California in 2012, um, New York Times picked up, you know, that I was doing the classes, which is great. I got some press, but yoga studios, you know, in San Francisco would not have, you know, even vaporizing. You know, maybe I can understand if they didn't want us to smoke in the studio, but they just really didn't want to be affiliated with cannabis at all and even in the last 10 years that's changed with you know more yoga studios having even cbd and their smoothies it's a start right it's not the same as like
0: psychoactive smoking thc but it's a start right well you are in marin and that maybe that's the <laughs> the epicenter of uh, mm-hmm. cannabis and yoga
1: i believe it is so i moved here just a few months ago um, and i'm excited to have the quarantine be lifted so we can begin some classes here
0: yeah, so as one of the pioneers of this, when you were out in front of it, did it feel lonely? Were the haters hating on you?
1: Honestly, it wasn't so bad. It was a little lonely, but there wasn't a lot of hate. I think yoga people in general aren't, you know, take you know, going out of their way to, to you know be critical. They're you know, it's live and let live for the most part. they every you know, story that featured it would have to be a balanced report. So they would go find a yoga teacher who had something negative to say just to pr- you know provide a more nuanced story. So there was a little bit of, you know, another teacher giving a, a criticism. And for the most part, the criticisms would be things like it's, it's a shortcut. You know, we, we need to work to meditate. We need to work to relax. We need to put in that, the effort, the discipline. If you use cannabis and that helps you relax, then you're kind of cheating. You're kind of using a shortcut. That's, that's, I think, one of the main crit- critiques is that you're kind of lazy. It makes you lazy.
0: Well, I, I guess you could be against the shortcut, but what's wrong with a shortcut? I mean, especially in America, we want to get to the, the benefit.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we're not like our culture is not the same as ancient India. Like it's a lot harder to relax now, you know, with cell phones and obligations and, you know, nuclear families and capitalism and all the problems and issues of a modern society makes it makes it a lot harder to sit and find that calm, that, you know, inner You know nirvana the om om zone as they call it um and so we, we aren't living in the same culture that when yoga was invented you know the expectations of what yoga could provide and stuff so it's not as easy for someone to just take an hour out of their day and and just sit in silence or you know with just so much going on so many more responsibilities so really yeah a shortcut um you could think of it as that or or you know it's it's an i think of it as an enhancement like food tastes great without spice or without salt you know it's edible it's fine it's it's it's, it's nutritious. Um, but if I add a little salt or a little spice, I've enhanced my meal. Who cares? Like, so what, you know, like, you know, if someone wants to argue that food is fine as it is and doesn't need enhancing, well then don't enhance your food. And you know, people may say the same of yoga. Well, it doesn't need to be enhanced. Okay. Well then don't do it. But for me, I find enhancing it with music helps, you know, enhancing it with a, 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 a rubber sticky mat helps enhancing it with comfortable pants instead of jeans, you know, helps enhancing it by turning off my cell phone ringer helps. So there's all these ways I enhance my practice. You know, maybe I have a cacao smoothie or meet a friend for coffee before or after yoga. Like, at what point are we gonna say that these enhancements are not appropriate? You know, it's, it's to each their own, I think, you know?
0: Sure, you're just optimizing the experience. Um, yeah. And we're all for that. Uh, at one point in the book, I thought it was a really great metaphor that we can all relate to it. Yoga and cannabis are kind of like peanut butter and chocolate.
1: Mm, definitely, yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's, of course, for people, you know, that, that cannabis works for, you know, for someone who's new to cannabis or has had negative experiences, it might be harder to convince them that it's going to make them relax or it's going to be good for yoga. Um, and for those people, I would I would definitely suggest, you know, that you start with a lower THC product, you, you maybe um, take a smaller amount, you know, you build your relationship with it slowly, you don't want to you know necessarily dive in the deep end and then expect to do downward dogs, you know.
0: Right. I mean, we talk about that often on the show in almost every respect. It's test and learn. Mm-hmm. You know, Just try it and you can adjust it up or down. Even before the pandemic, stress has been incredibly normalized in this society. And I think yoga gives you a way to step back from the grind that we've all become accustomed to. It's just taking a couple of breaths. But the benefits of that, besides when you're in the moment doing it, they extend further beyond that.
1: Definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, i mean the benefits of both yoga and cannabis are you know at this point enormous you know what we know from western science both both practices or medicines whatever you want to call them have an enormous benefit you know that we, we we can record changes in the brain we can record reduced inflammation markers you know and we know that inflammation is you know responsible for pain and for depression so if we can reduce our inflammation that's amazing and both stretching and cannabis reduce inflammation. So if I do the two together, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, kind of like how both chocolate and peanut butter are good on their own and even better together.
0: Right. Inflammation is the, the root of a lot of physical problems. There's a physical upside and then just the mental upside of having a reliable way to relax without, again, alcohol can be it for a lot of people, which we know, A, you're going you're gonna to have a hangover, B, it might affect you negatively in the long run as, as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, alcohol is considered a neurotoxin, right? It's it's been shown to be you know have a toxic effect on the body. Not to say I'm criticizing people who use it. I I'll, I'll have a drink once in a while, um, but it's a different type of substance than cannabis. as I'm sure your listeners are aware. Um, one's a toxin, and one's you know anti-inflammatory and anti anti cancer. So it's it's you know sometimes people say well, you know because there is you know beer yoga now and wine yoga, you know a, dis, a, dis, a distillery or. Uh, brewery will offer you know their own form of enhanced yoga with with alcohol and i don't have really much to say about it but oftentimes people will ask me like well what do you think about you know in an interview or whatever and it's like okay well yoga and cannabis have been used together for several thousand years alcohol and cannabis as far as i know or alcohol and yoga have not as far as i know cannabis is a health a pro health product and alcohol is an anti-health product like so they're not really analogous. It is it is like apples and oranges. And, you know, so it's if someone's using alcohol to relax or to enhance their yoga or, you know, just to relax, I would suggest that they wean down on that habit and start to, you know, increase their cannabis use. I find I barely like drinking anymore. I'll have one glass of wine and I'd much rather bring a joint even to the bar and like step out and take a little puff than yeah. get drunk, you know.
0: Yeah. I still like craft beer quite a lot, but I can't imagine it mixing well with yoga. (laughs) I mean, it seems like a recipe for comedy. Yeah. Um, I've never done it. So I can't,
1: I don't want to, you know, criticize it. I can't speak to it, but sometimes the critiques of cannabis kind of liken it to alcohol. And I always want to make sure that people know, you know, even sugar is less healthy for you than cannabis. Like on the list of substances and how, how much harm they cause to our body and our culture, you know,
0: alcohol and sugar are far worse. Taking a central nervous system depressant and then doing downward dogs. And <laughs> uh, I just don't know how that's going to work. So tell us about your, uh, you've got online classes, right?
1: Yeah. So I have a, a library of over 100 pre-recorded classes. So people can do ganja yoga with me, um, you know, in the comfort of their own home, but also on demand, you know, when they want to. Um, And I just started a weekly live class, you know, virtual live class that's donation based. Um, A big part of my practice this year with, you know, 12 years of doing ganja yoga, something I've really become more aware of is cultural appropriation and the need to make sure our yoga is not perpetuating oppression. And that could be things like, you know, making sure we show different sized bodies in our imagery or marketing to show that all bodies and ages do yoga, things like that. But another way is to ensure that financially people are able to access our classes. So I started a donation-based yoga to, you know, serve my community and help to make yoga, you know, less oppressive, you know, financially, less of a thing for middle-class and upper-class people, but really something for the people, for all people. So we have a Wednesday, you know, it starts at four, so we can breeze through 420. Um, It's every Wednesday, uh, that's Pacific time. So,
0: yeah. 420 on Wednesdays. Yeah, we meet at
1: four just so we have time to kind of get high and start, you know, talking and, people bring whatever kind of weed they want and they can t- type into the chat box, you know, where they're from and what they're talking on. And so by 420 with the yoga starts. So, nice. yeah, there's the recorded library uh, at Ganja Yoga online. And then there's the donation based classes. And then I also do like one on one virtual private. So it's, it's a lot of different ways I can help people and work with people.
0: It's really, really great. Do you use uh, Zoom or Facebook or what, what platform are you on?
1: For the uh, live uh, donation based, it's through Zoom. Okay. Yeah, and then the, the one-on-ones it's whatever people want i can use any platform
0: are you still doing live physical in person i'm training? not no i'm no. not
1: so i'm um, as well as all the classes you know I, I was in san francisco doing like twice a week you know ganja yoga and down in la I, you know i've been to san diego taught them you know i toured quite a bit, you know, with it with, you know, to Portland, to Detroit, to New York. Um, But all of that stopped during the pandemic. So it's all virtual. And I think as you know, things open up, I'll I'll begin in person, maybe social distanced or outdoors classes um, here in Marin County. But I actually really like having it, you know, as a digital sort of product, so I can focus on writing and other endeavors, um, as opposed to constantly sort of hosting classes, because it is a lot of Energy. I mean, I enjoy it immensely, but a lot of, you know, first timers to cannabis might come and have a lot of questions. They might feel nervous. A lot of people are even nervous about yoga. People who've never been to a studio can feel, you know, they feel the need to come up to me and say, oh, just so you know, I'm not flexible. And I always have to tell people it doesn't that doesn't matter. It's all good. Like yoga is not for flexible people. Yoga is for people. And if you do it, you become flexible. You know, it's not, you don't have to start with flexibility. So um, holding space for a lot of beginners and a lot of nervous en- energy is such a privilege. But I, as I get older, I realize I'm actually an introvert. So I need to
0: do fewer in-person things and, and sort of manage my own energy. You mentioned writing. Are, is there another book in the works?
1: Um, potentially, yeah. I, I'm also a cannabis um friendly sex and intimacy coach, so I also work with couples or singles who are feeling disconnected from their sexuality or, you know, maybe not relating with their partner intimately and um cannabis is optional it's for people who who want to incorporate it but um you know talking with them about you know why the intimacy is gone i'm starting to see patterns you know dysfunction in our culture and leading to sexual and romantic dysfunction so i'm thinking about writing a book speaking about how cannabis and and the a specific type of yoga called tantra yoga which is you know hard to explain in a, in a brief sound bite, but it's a type of yoga that allows for sex energy um, so how couples can use this sort of type of yoga and cannabis to reconnect to themselves and to each other, or, you know, single people can reconnect to themselves, um, you know, self-love, self-care, masturbation, all of that, you know, cannabis can definitely help these things. So it's, it's really not that far, you know, from yoga to sex, they're kind of in the same realm of, you know, aspects of ourselves, you know, where we can tap in and feel that more spiritual or more meaningful part of reality, but that when we're so busy and stressed, we don't really make time for
0: it would seem to me that there's an enormous audience for that. And like cannabis 30, 40 years ago, there's a stigma and a taboo attached.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And, and maybe that's why I like to teach in these worlds. I'm all, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Let's bring it on. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, the stigma, you know, it's, it's so we have to, you know, break free. Most of us have some form of, trauma around sexuality, whether it's from childhood or just weird upbringings and weird culture, or, you know, unfortunately there's like sexual trauma, but you know, we're not really encouraged to prioritize pleasure. We're not really encouraged to relax in our bodies and explore our bodies. So again, the yoga and the sex are so related in either case, it's just slowing down, tuning in, feeling yourself, you know, and seeing what happens, you know? without trying to control and make something happen. Like, oh, I'm going to make a beautiful yoga pose that looks like an Instagram thing, or I'm going to have sex for, you know, an hour straight. We, we got to let go of these, goal, these sort of goals or, and focus more on what's in the moment, the pleasure. The pleasure is the goal we can't measure. So our Western mind doesn't like that. We want to be able to say whether I did the downward dog or I didn't do the downward dog. But these, you know, approaches kind of more encourage us to feel, well, how does it feel in my body as I move toward a downward dog? How does it feel in my body as I let go of the goal of orgasm or the goal of erection and just focus on being with myself or with my partner and just kissing or, you know, slowing it down back to basics, whether it's with sexuality or with yoga, just really back to basics.
0: Boy, there's a few things we could unpack there. And and I think on the surface, and I'm sure you've thought these through and, and written about them, but we have some puritanical foundations in our society and there's a lot of repression around sexuality I and mean, when you talk about yoga in general and how it just can wake you up can certainly wake up your sexuality right
1: oh definitely you know some some people report feeling aroused in a yoga class and i don't think it's just the you know tight lulu lemons around them i think it's truly um tuning in allowing ourselves to remember that we, you know we're animals when we're on our computers and our devices all day we, we are in our heads right we're not connected to our bodies so and culture wants that capitalism wants that you know um, that's how we produce more and make more money and spend more money. And so, you know, when we sit and just feel our bodies and can, we can kind of actually feel whole and complete for a second. We don't need to buy anything for that second, right? We don't need to prove ourselves or, you know, we're, 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 we're whole, we're fine. We're in, in acceptance with, you know, and things change, but even to have a moment of peace, a moment of, Oh, I don't need to change myself. I don't need to buy something. I don't need to. Produce something. I don't need to prove myself. Those little moments of peace get longer and longer the more often we
0: tune in like that. You can get to those moments without feeling shame.
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, definitely. We we all probably all have to overcome shame. Um, Like you said, we we this is a America is a puritanical. You know, we got this Protestant work ethic. We got all these different types of Christianity with the different anti sex propaganda that come with them. You know, I'll, I'll say it like. Christianity is not a very pro-sex religion, and most religions are not um, globally, um, and there's a reason for that. It's a method of control if you can control people's sexuality. So, you know, for each of us to realize, like, oh, my family, you know, left me feeling ashamed of my sexuality, my religion, my culture, but I can break free. I can read a book or do a course or do some breathing. I can break free of that shame and the liberation that's on the other side. Like, it's amazing. Like, you know, just shame to make noises right shame to make a funny face during sex shame to make a you know maybe have your 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 stomach rolls show your fat you know lots of women try to be in positions where our fat doesn't show right to let go of all that body shame you know yoga can really really help and i honestly honestly think cannabis can help it gets us out of our heads you know in bed and less worried about how you know we're looking fat or looking weird or sounding weird and more just enjoying the moment lost in the moment isn't that
0: what we want that flow state right kind of stepping away from the the urge to judge yourself and others and just get to acceptance of Mm -hmm. yourself that's it yeah well tell me more about tantra and the difference between tantric yoga and just what you would call normal i guess
1: yeah so the other path of yoga the vedantic path or you know what we call the normal path or the common path let's call it that um this path of yoga is more about purity so um one of the main eight paths or tenets of it is, you know, this, you know, um, wisely using your sexual energy. Some people interpret that as celibacy. Some people interpret that as just, you know, not having a lot of sex. Um, but, but the, the, the common yoga, you know, isn't about sex. It's about kind of trans transcending sex. You could say transcending our body and reaching Nirvana, you know, up in your soul or wherever your soul is outside your body. Tantra on the other hand is it's a, it's also yoga but it it suggests that your soul or that you know unification with the universe like connection with all in that spiritual moment isn't outside your body or outside your genitals or outside your passion or outside your it's it's in your body it's in your lust it's i mean it's in your whole everything including your sex so you don't have to stop being sexual to be spiritual you don't have to repress or deny you can use your sexuality as part of your spirituality you can integrate it if that makes sense. So it's a pr- kind of a pro-sex type of yoga. It's not obsessed with sex the way we in the West want to kind of make it seem like, oh, it's the yoga of sex. It's a lot more than sex, but it includes and up- celebrates sex. So it's it's pretty transformative in that way, that it, it takes this thing that is taboo in every other religion or most other religions and makes it sacred and invites us to see it as sacred. Um, and, and that can really reduce our shame to suddenly see like, oh, wait, I'm not doing something against you know God or against life. I'm, this is life moving through me. Life wants me to you know, do that raunchy downward uh, doggy style thing. I was gonna say downward dog, but doggy style. You know, that that's not, that's not anti-sacred to do these kinky poses or whatever, that that itself is sacred. That itself is God, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that it's, it's one more thing along the spectrum of things. It's not something that you deny and repress and that makes it bigger. And then also the goal orientation that we have in the West where you're heading toward that orgasm or, or whatever. And it's, that's the thing when it's just one thing among other things.
1: Definitely. Yeah. We like to kind of compartmentalize in the West, you know, um, that, you know, that, that, sex is genitals. It's only sex if we had an orgasm or an erect genital happened. And, you know, we, we, we have these really tight definitions of what sex is and, you know, when really we could say, well, if there, if there was pleasure, and you felt turned on or some kind of intimacy and maybe it was sex, but you had your clothes on you were just, you know, whatever, making out and hugging it, to kind of rewrite these scripts of what even sex is, is kind of, I feel like that's kind of cool. It's kind of rebellious, you know?
0: Well, and it's sexy.
1: And it's sexy. Totally. Exactly. I don't want to be in a box of like, you know, like a lot of couples that come to me, it's like, you know no offense to you, know, you you know you i think you're a man you seem, you seem you present as a man so a lot i don't want to offend your gender or other men but women are saying that men are kind of coming to foreplay with this real sense of um almost like they have to do it so they push button a they kiss button b they tug on button c and hope she gets wet so that they can you know but it's this formula and a lot of my women clients are saying well yeah of course i love to kiss and i love when my um, nipples get stimulated but If he does it the exact same way every single time as a means to the end, it doesn't turn me on. It has the opposite effect, right? So he's just gotta switch up, you know, everyone does, not just men, but especially men, I think who maybe watch a lot of porn, get stuck in a certain formula of and a certain type of speed. So I, I really recommend all people, but especially men, slow down and be present and you know, get out of your head with the formula and more be in your body and a sense of curiosity and play instead of a goal.
0: Right. Less mechanical, less automatic. Yes. And boy, cannabis, I think could help in that regard. Um, oh, just, definitely. For sure. Yeah. Just like
1: it does with yoga. It, you know, you might've done yoga a dozen times or a hundred times you've done, you've taken that plank pose or that You know any pose, happy baby. But when you do it on under cannabis's influence, that happy baby has a whole new set of experiences and sensations that you might not have noticed before. And so it's the same with with sex. You know, it it can take the cannabis can take the mundane or the the normal and make it spectacular, make it extraordinary.
0: Yeah. Well, I got to say, I've done yoga and I've smoked cannabis. I've only done them together once when I did another a previous interview with someone. I'm not naturally attracted to it, but I have a good friend who's really into it. He does um, edibles. He and his wife do this together, and it's become a really nice routine for them. And I got to say, I, I really want to try this some more. Boy, the way you write about it. And again, it, in the West, we're goal-oriented and benefit-oriented. to Just to let some of that go and experience it sounds really fun.
1: Yay, thank you. Yeah, well, I'll send you over my it's ganja dot online that's the subscription so i'll send you over a link i'll give you like a free month to check it out um you can let me know what you think because there's all different types of yoga so for people who maybe try yoga or even try cannabis yoga and it doesn't really resonate it could just be that you did a different style of yoga that's not a good match there's that's the good thing there's so many styles so many different types of teachers there really is something for everyone if you if you want to try yoga you know
0: yeah and like anything you you need to commit to it a little bit and Again, test and learn. Try it three or four times and see where you go.
1: Definitely. Exactly. So on 420, actually, the cannabis holiday that's coming up, I have uh, 20 of my uh, certified Ganja Yoga teachers. We're doing a day-long Ganja Yoga festival all day from 11 till 5 Pacific. And each te- there's 20 teachers, so it's like short yoga classes back-to-back, all cannabis-enhanced and all the different... I guess, perspective, you know, some are really emphasizing the sacred spiritual aspect of cannabis. Some are going to talk more about good alignment, making sure we're safe in our poses. Some are going to talk about sexy yoga. Some are going to talk about trauma informed yoga, or, you know, yoga for people who maybe have had trauma in their life. So there's all these different approaches to ganja yoga in this one day. So I'll send you the link for that. Maybe uh, you could come or perhaps share it with your listeners if there's time.
0: Definitely. That's a great opportunity to just kind of drop in and, and try different approaches to it. Yeah, you know, I looked at your website and your Instagram, and it, to me, they seem like boy, there's a lot of activity there. They're they're real hubs of activity. You have certifications and and your group and individual classes, as you've mentioned. Uh, you've really created a, a community there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's 12 years in the making, and I worked really hard. I'm a one you know one woman show. It's it's a lot of work, but it's so rewarding. And now, as the community's growing, it it's feeds itself or, you know, we, we, we feed each other and nourish each other. So it really nourishes me to have these people on my Instagram, my, my friends, my community. Um, in the winter, I moved to Canada briefly and had extremely bad seasonal depression. It was a shock. And I put it on my Instagram to my, you know, Cannabis Yoga community, people I've never met before, mostly, and just said, guys, I'm, I'm feeling awful. And all these people, hundreds of people wrote me with ideas and tips of herbs to take or how they overcame their depression. And it was so beautiful to reach out and, you know, feeling a, a place of need. I'm usually a leader, but at this point, I was feeling really vulnerable and, and I reached out and so many people offered their support and encouragement. It it really touched my heart that, wow, I built this thing to help others and it's, it's, it's helping me.
0: That is really good to hear because, boy, we've seen a lot of negativity online and it's come out into the real world. The haters have found each other. So I'm glad that you are been able to um, create something positive online.
1: Yeah. Oh, most definitely. It's it's nothing but love. And we're learning so much, you know, um, as a community, you know, after George Floyd's murder and the realization just how bad racism is in the States and around the world, you know, obviously people of color have known this, but for me and my, you know, I'm white and my white community to really wake up to the work we need to do and the responsibility it is, you know, to help chip away at white supremacy and racism, especially if we're weed users, you know, the the privilege of using cannabis when so many people are locked in jail and continue to be kept in jail despite, you know, mostly white, you know, around the country as we open dispensaries and open cannabis businesses. Unfortunately, most of those business people are white men. um, And it's just really unfair that, you know, people can make millions or billions while others are locked away. So... Um, the realizations that we're having as a community about, you know, our political uh, responsibility, if we're going to use this plan, it's our responsibility to to fight for everyone to be able to use it.
0: That is a big piece of the cannabis picture. I mean, we've had other guests on to talk about that whole prohibition narrative began with the notion that people of color, Mexicans and, and black people were using this demon weed to do horrible things. (laughs) And that became the story that officially was pushed for decades. And it takes a while to, A, tell a new story, and B, get people over that old bad narrative.
1: Definitely. So much stigma, you know, from the Reagan era and before, Um, so much racial racial, uh, racism, you know, kind of interwoven with cannabis propaganda and prohibition. So yeah, we have to understand that history of cannabis is propaganda, you know, that it's a racist history. And yeah, just really, really, you know, um, acknowledge the privilege and the blessing that we have cannabis and, you know, sign petitions or, you know, buy black, you know, go find that, that, that uh, people of color owned dispensary in your, in your town and go out of your way to to buy from them. Or there's so many ways that we can, you know, change this unfair system. It's, it's really our responsibility to do that.
0: Well, I noticed you, you have an anti-racism book club going too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we started the book club. It was monthly, but we found as a community that was a little bit too frequent um, to be reading a whole book. So we, we changed it to seasonally. And information about that can be found on the Ganja Yoga site. Um, and it's been incredible. You know, the most recent book we, we read was specifically about honoring the Indian roots of yoga. And, you know, a lot of white yoga teachers in the West, myself included, have really, you know, focused much more on the physical than, you know, yoga is a very comprehensive and and deep system and we've really what they call whitewashed it we've really taken the marketable western parts and and sort of just only said that that's yoga right so i'm starting to realize like oh i have to teach my students more of the spiritual philosophy more of the observances more of the ethics more of the energy body the chakras there's so much that we've kind of left behind because we thought it wasn't really marketable here in the west and and that's that's cultural appropriation you know to take bits of a culture but not honoring the whole culture so That was the most recent book and, you know, I had to look critically at my own participation in in the ways that I'm still being oppressive. Right. Right. And so it takes courage. But as a leader, I I, I definitely have to do that. So something that I I started to do um, this year was to offer scholarships. So um, black, indigenous people of color and also trans um, disabled people and other groups that get uh, marginalized in our culture, they can attend the teacher training. So I have a ganja yoga teacher training. They can attend it for free on a scholarship. Um, as a you know our way to show that you know it's because oftentimes these people aren't can't afford a, a teacher training right they're they're marginalized such that it's just not available to them so to be more accessible we're offering both the teacher training and then we have a certification which is a further kind of the next step like the graduate school uh, we have both of those for free on scholarship for BIPOC and trans.
0: That's great yoga itself is about expansion of the capabilities of your body and your mind and you're really walking the talk when you when you extend it further out into uh programs like that
1: for sure yeah for sure and I'm always open to learning and and you know working with groups that have been marginalized to always do better that's it's it's something I'm interested in
0: Boy, you have a lot going on, and uh, there's a lot of ways for our listeners to get involved. For other people like myself, you can take the classes, but as you said at the beginning, if you just take three deep breaths or ten deep breaths, you can begin to relax. Then you're on the road, right?
1: Definitely. Exactly. So we can all do that. We can all start taking these mini yoga moments throughout the day. And the more we do it, the more second nature it becomes. And, yeah, the more often you take classes, um, it becomes a neural groove. You know, your brain actually changes its physical... You know, the cells change and it becomes second nature. So we want to get that groove with repetition. So the more you do it, the the easier it is and and the more natural it is. So you can start with three breaths or, um, yeah, maybe I can, I don't know, I'll talk to you after the show, but if I can somehow uh, give your listeners some sort of uh, discounted uh, subscription, I would be happy to do that so they can check out the online classes at a discount. Um, So, yeah, so, yeah, ganjayoga.com is my main site and then ganjayoga.online is where the subscription comes classes are but yeah i'll I'll, I'll make a promo code for your listeners
0: awesome let's do that i just have uh, a couple more questions that i I like to ask all the time and that's one do you have a favorite cannabis product or service (laughs) other than your own
1: (laughs) um i'm a big fan of rosin Uh, i'll put that i mean i love smoking flour too um but in terms of like things that we can dab in terms of like concentrates and extracts. Um, Rosin to me is just like it's whole plant medicine, nothing added, nothing taken away. You can make it yourself with a hair straightener. Um, I I think it's an amazing, and uh, you know, dabbing is, it's vaporizing. So it's, it's healthier than smoking. And since I smoke a lot, I try
0: to dab too. Help me understand. Did you say a hair straightener?
1: Yeah. Do you know what a hair straightener is? Um, I think you can have an idea a woman with sort of wavy hair would put this flat iron tool and it would make the waves into like a straight hair because it's so hot okay so you mm-hmm. could put your a nug of weed um in a parchment paper between the two metal plates of the hair straightener and, and it, it, so it would be the combination of not just the heat but the squeezing so you have to step on it or use a clamp so this the pressure plus the heat will excrude the oil the cannabis oils and leave like empty plat, plant matter you throw away But the oil is a extract or a concentrate so you could dab it And it's pure nothing, you know, sometimes they add, if they add CO2, um, it can change the terpene structure and then they have to reintroduce terpenes. Or if they make a concentrate, obviously with solvents, that's definitely not healthy because they might not purge all the residual solvents. And then you're, you're dabbing, you know, butane or, or something. So in terms of things I might dab rosin for me, it's, it's got all the terpenes, all the cannabinoids, um, and nothing taken away or added. So it's, it's delicious.
0: Yeah. There's not a, a middleman who's processing it into something that may or may not be organic. You know for sure that you're you're squeezing and heating that bud is got the good stuff in it.
1: Yeah, you want to start with organic buds. Um, so it's mm-hmm. good, you know either buy it from a licensed dispensary or you know if you know the grower and you trust them. But yeah, for sure organic, especially if you're going to be making a concentrate, then you want to definitely have organic matter to start with.
0: Well, I learned a new use for a hair straightener. There you go. Dee, is there anything we haven't covered that we should? Let's see. We got sex. We got
1: weed. I think we're good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sex and drugs and rock and roll, right? Yeah, that's Um, it. It's funny that that's what it comes back to. Thank you for making the time. I mean, uh, I've always been curious about this topic, and I know my listeners, uh, again, I try to cover wellness topics, and this is certainly going to speak to just about everybody. Like you say, any body shape, any size, any age, there's something there for, for everyone when you come to yoga and cannabis.
1: Correct. Exactly. And sorry if you hear my little doggy barking in the background, she's just agreeing with you.
0: Well, let's call it a wrap. I want to thank you again for making the time. This is a great episode. Perfect. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Cannaboom Podcast with host Tom Stacy. If you like the show and want to know more, please check us out at K.com And please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. See you next week.